0: The morning Grind, Roto-Grinders. This is Dean, once again, uh, filling in for Stevie once again. Stevie, of course, is busy still knocking out his NASCAR content. If you guys want Stevie's NASCAR t- content, you know where to find it here on Rotogrinders.com. That said, we are going to continue our series. Well, we've been talking about DFS personalities. We've been talking about some of the fringe sports as well, too. We'll be talking MMA later on in the week. We're also introducing some new content providers here at Roto-Grinders. That's what we're doing today. Today, we're talking to TJ LASIK, you know him better. In the DFS streets as TJL five one two four. What's up, TJ? Hey, Dean. How's it going? Happy to be here. It's going all right. Yeah, did I get did I get all those numbers correct? Did those mean anything? Yeah. TJ is your initials, I presume. But what's five one two four? What's that?
1: So I think I'm not the first person that has said this, but this was my randomly generated college email, <laughs> and I proceeded to just when I was opening my DFS accounts back in who knows 2012 2013, went with that name
0: and. Here it is today. <laughs> you, you didn't have the foresight that, like, one day this could be like a marketing tool right? for you. Yeah, you, you, you didn't see seven so years down the road.
1: Now I've proceeded to just use it across everything. My my poker account name Tjl five one two four. I just now that I've got it, I
0: might as well stick with it. So you're also from the poker world. I wasn't aware of this. I don't. I don't know a lot about you. I fully concede yeah. that. Uh, I was trying to find your Twitter before the show, and unfortunately, I found the wrong Twitter. I found like maybe your old Twitter <laughs> or something like that, but I've not seen a bunch of tweets so. It's going to be a learning process for me as we go. And, uh, of course, there's a heavy crossover as far as DFS players and poker players. And you're from the poker world as well? Sure. Yeah, I, I
1: played a decent amount online back pre-Black Friday and never 2-2, two, two, seriously. Wasn't a professional by any means, but played some poker back in the day. I think a lot of poker folks, people with that mindset, have gotten into DFS as well. And then I've more recently got back into poker in the online PA site during this quarantine and the lack of sports. so
0: oh, You can play online for uh, legally in Pennsylvania, correct?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So PokerStars PA legal. So they have some pretty, pretty decent sized tournaments and stuff there. Are you born but and raised in PA? Dabbling a bit. Yeah, I was born outside the Philly area. So like 45 minutes outside the city and then live in Philly the past couple of years.
0: What's that like? Do we enjoy uh, Pennsylvania? I hope we do. We've been there our lives.
1: Yeah, no, I, I like it. It's I've yeah, spent my whole life here. Had a brief stint where I lived in Richmond, Virginia for a year and a half after college, but for the most part, Billy born Pat, and raised and no plans to leave. Pats or genos are all you want to go off the board. I'm a I'm a Pats guy over Geno's. I think Steve's Steve's Prince of Stakes is my favorite, which is another more of the touristy generic ones. But Hey, I'm fine with the touristy ones. I know some people try to be Philly truthers and say that the touristy cheesesteaks aren't any good. But, I mean, I still think they're pretty good, if you ask me.
0: The local snobs probably have their own, like, hole in the wall they enjoy that the the tourists don't know about, right? That's what I would
1: assume. Yep, yep, Yep. for sure. I mean, let's be honest, they're all good. But (laughs) it's funny. Growing up in Philly, you get a little bit spoiled by it. And then you're in another city and you accidentally order a Philly cheesesteak. And it's, it's just not the same.
0: It's not the same. Uh, As far as your runner Gunners profile, I just kind of pulled it up on the fly here. Your overall ranking out of over 87,000 people, just short of 88,000 people, you're currently at 86th uh, player of the year, currently 229, super heavyweight, uh, you're 64th out of 1,300 and change. Uh, PGA you've been crushing of late, you're 30th out of over 10,000, you're under 200 in uh, NHL, you're in the top, what, uh, 516 here as far as NFL out of over 40,000 people. You're going to be doing content here at Grinders. Do we know just yet specific as far as what sport you're doing, if you're doing audio, if you're doing articles, or it's just like, you know, we'll figure it out when sports uh, arrive.
1: Yeah, just kind of figuring it out as we go to start. I would say that my two main sports would be NFL and PGA. So maybe I'll be getting involved in the PGA stuff sooner than later, since that's one of the few sports that we have up and running now, but no specific plan. I think we're just going to
0: test a couple of things out and, see what goes well, and take it from there. Yeah, I've been, I pulled up your recently played stuff. Of course, you're playing some golf. You're playing some, uh, you're in those MMA streets to some degree. You're playing a bit of NASCAR, uh, some esports. Uh, kind of scrolling down. Soccer, you dabbled in some soccer. How are you enjoying the last three months or so?
1: Yeah, I, I've played a little bit of everything. I I'll try, try any of the games and see how it goes. I think, was definitely missing the the main sports and figured I would give some of these niche ones a a shot. If I'm being honest, that hasn't gone super well for me, but (laughs) glad to have golf back. Golf is one of my favorites. So there's just so much overlap in these NASCAR and MMAs, in my opinion, just the the player pools are so small. So a lot of overlapping lineups, a lot of super, super chalky guys. So getting back to golf when you have 140 different golfers to choose from, I think it, creates a little bit more dynamics
0: we have a we have a million maker this week i believe it's what 2.25 million as far as the entire pool and 1 million up top uh is that something you dabble in because for me that's just not for me that's that doesn't suit my gameplay uh my ucf math what is that 44 percent or so in, in first place uh that i mean look again it's great if you, you want to live the dream in turn is it 15 bucks or 20 bucks into a million that's that's awesome have, have at it enjoy yourself but uh, I'm an ROI guy. I'm not very sexy when it comes to my play. I don't like really go. I'm I tend to be more chalky than ambitious than goofy. And you probably need to be ambitious and goofy to some degree. Uh, so that tournament's not for me also it's golf. So I don't know what I'm doing from the start. Uh, how about yourself? Are you going to fire at that? Is that something that appeals to you? Yeah. So, I'm I'm kind of on the same page with you here. I'm not
1: a big MME guy, a big large field tournament guy. I actually prefer to I call myself a bit of a team one one lineup guy. I build the lineup that I think is the optimal lineup, and then essentially play that across every single contest that I can, all the way from head-to-heads, three mans, fifty-fifties, all of the the tournaments, and then just hope that that lineup hits well. So that that's a strategy that I've deployed more, I say, over the over the past year. Let's say when I first started. I was was dabbling in in a few different things and would take shots with different lineups in a few different tournaments. But last NFL season kind of narrowed down to, I'm just going to focus all my energy to build one lineup every slate and then take that one lineup, put it in a bunch of contests and hope that it does
0: well. So you're basically saying, I'm going to play the best plays uh, and everybody else, you can take the scenic route and run out 100 lineups and like, well, what if that? And what if this? And what if that? And you have the, uh, you know, the highest, you know, projected obviously, of course, there's a bigger ceiling, especially if people are stacking certain ways, they're stacking games, they're stacking teams, and all that. That doesn't mean you're not stacking and you're optimal, of course, it works out that way as well. Um, but I assume that that is the strategy basically saying, Here, I'm making a great lineup, and you come get me, you come chase me down with all your different potential routes.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's the theory here. Obviously, if you're playing some of these tournaments with 10,000 plus people, that's Certainly not the optimal route, but a lot of the contests I'm playing are some bigger buy-ins and smaller player pools, so 200, 500 people, where your chalkier lineup can can certainly come in at the top. And more so for me, about you know when you have a good week, if I'm two and a half, three, four xing my money, I'm I'm more than happy with that. Don't necessarily have to be taking first in the GPPs to be taken home a, a nice solid week. So. Just found that being able to focus all my energies in that one space and trying to become really, really good in that area has had some some success for me. So I'll continue to to go with that for now. But I'm always trying to evaluate my play and look for different opportunities.
0: The uh, the smaller entry fields obviously uh, subdues the idea of being uh, going off the reservation and being goofy because there's not the reward isn't there. Like when there's ten thousand, twenty thousand, thirty thousand entries, you know, if something weird happens, you want a piece of that. But if you're in a contest with 60 people or 70 people or 80 people, uh, it doesn't make any sense. So I would imagine, speaking of chalk, you see really, really condensed player pools amongst your opponents as well, for the most part.
1: Definitely. Definitely. So it's 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 an interesting game for sure, especially once you get up into some of the, the higher buy-ins you're playing against a lot of the same guys, every slate, every sport, and you, you kind of have a feel for, okay, these are the four or five guys that play similarly to I do where they're just going to take their one optimal lineup and put it into every contest. And then there's some other regulars that usually try to pivot off of that. And so it's interesting to me. I mean, especially in some of the, you get the like the 20 and 30 man fields. It's very interesting because if you can avoid, especially in the NASCAR and MMA avoiding the duplicate <laughs> lineups, I saw was was quite a strategy because you'll have four or five guys with the same exact lineup. And so, you can make a lineup different than that. You only need to beat one lineup to get ahead of four different people in the the pay jumps. So, create some interesting dynamics. I would say at the higher stakes. When did you start playing DFS? So I started playing 2013, 2012. Started dabbling. Wouldn't say that I started taking it very seriously until maybe 2016, 2017. So, I remember first getting my start back in the the days when some of the smaller sites. We're trying to get off the ground, and I was just overlay hunting. Oh, yeah. There would be tourna- tournaments on Fantasy Draft that are guaranteed for 8,000 people and only got 4,500 to enter. So you're essentially playing – all of a sudden you're playing a, a 50-50 double up that has top-heavy payouts. So that was where I started to, to see my first success and then moved over to the big boy sites, FanDuel, DraftKings, started getting more involved in cash games and have
0: evolved a bit from there. I'm looking at some of your biggest scores and your biggest scores seem to have come from 2019, 2020, 2018. There's a couple sprinkled in as far as, you know, 2016 or so, but, uh, well, I guess it's also because the pools weren't as big back then, but I'd imagine your buy-in has increased over the years as well too.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So I started off playing pretty light, just again for fun, you know, throwing some tournaments here, hundred bucks here, hundred bucks there started to to have some success and and gradually ramped up my volume. And then 2018 was my first, I would say, significant year where I I made what I consider to be significant money. And so then going into 2019, specifically going into the 2019 NFL season, is when I really told myself, okay, I'm going to take a shot at this. I'm going to really ramp up my volume to a level that it hadn't been at previously, play every single contest that I can, start to play the – the luxury box, these larger buy-in tournaments, and fortunately was able to to hit a week or two pretty big, and that's that's been able to keep me afloat into 2020 here.
0: Are you a full-time grinder? You still uh, you have a day job as well?
1: No, so I do. I do have a day job actually. So,
0: uh, what do we do during the day?
1: Uh, so I work for a pharma company and work in, in tech. We do website analytics implementations. So, I manage a team of engineers that, that does all of our Adobe Analytics implementations.
0: And then by night, grinding DFS, whatever sport I can. There's no surprise, I suppose, there's a correlation to uh, having a job in analytics and then also playing uh, DFS. No
1: doubt. No doubt. Job in analytics, DFS, poker, all comes from a similar part of my brain that just kind of makes sense to me. And that's always where I've, I've found my interests.
0: What can you take from poker and your day job to apply to making DFS lineups? I think it's
1: it's really about viewing to me especially with poker and DFS it's about viewing the long term and understanding variance, understanding range of outcomes and I think moving into last NFL season a, a big kind of mental shift that I had was that before I would think about each each slate or each weekend in NFL it's like okay, I, I got to win this weekend, right? I can't almost like I don't want to lose money this weekend. Yeah. And so that led to me playing a lot of low variance contests, head to heads, 50 fifties. I wasn't really playing tournaments as much, but then if you have a week where your optimal lineup is like the optimal lineup, you're only doubling your money. And so that's the worst. I just kind it's of, like you I just lost. Kind of, yeah. Right. Exactly. So I just kind of had this shift of like, I'm thinking about NFL as a 20 week season when you think about playoffs and everything. And, I just want to maximize my EV over the course of 20 weeks. And, yeah, entering all of the GPPs is certainly going to lead to more losing weeks or, or break-even weeks. But then when you hit, you can 10X plus your buy-ins, and then, you know, you're really just kind of trying to tread water for a while until you hit that,
0: that big week or two, and that kind of makes your season. What can, like, 2020 you tell 2013 you? Like, is there a big mistake you made Is that when you first started playing? Did you look back on it now an and say, like, wow, I can't believe I approached – making lineups like this? Oh, yeah. I mean, I look back at
1: 2013, I and mean, I had no idea what I was doing. Granted, there were also way less tools out there. Mm-hmm. Projections weren't nearly as readily available. I remember the old days of just trying to download rankings, get a consensus, and then looking at a spreadsheet and color coding the rankings next to the salaries and just seeing who stood out as values. And wasn't. it's just a completely different game now, but... Man, I, I I do feel like I missed out a little bit on the glory days where you hear about all the people that say how easy DFS was back in 2013, 2014. And I, unfortunately, was one of the people that was probably
0: easy to play against back then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was, I was one of the ones taking advantage of that, but I also had, like, very little bankroll at the time, unfortunately. Right. Like, I wish I had the bankroll yeah. I had after uh, in 2013, yep. but, you know, what are you going to do? But uh, yeah, people wonder why I was
1: a college kid at that point. So I didn't have a ton of money to be thrown at a football game.
0: There was overlay. There was lower rake. There was less informed people playing the game. There was less content out there. uh, And that's why, you know, it's harder today. It's just much, it's a much harder game to beat. And of course the game is not designed to to be beaten. And, you know, some people just look at it from a perspective of, it's just an entertainment budget. Like I don't necessarily have to win. Uh, It'd be great to win, but give me like $30 worth of entertainment while I watch you know, the red zone or something like that. Uh, get, take me through, do you remember, like, your first big takedown, your first big victory? It was via 2013, 2015, 2016. Do you remember, like, is there one that kind of sort of stands out to you that was, uh, that you sweat out?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think there's two that stand out. One was early on, and there's a much smaller score, and then one was was just in 2019, which was when I really felt I had my breakthrough. So, the early one I remember is. I guess it was 2013 I think it was 2013 it was week 17 and I won the the fantasy draft I guess it was like a $25 GPP for for 10k up top and so that was at the time the biggest score I had and also the first like outright win that I had and so that was was the first time where I was like okay you know maybe there's there's real money to be made in the future here and then honestly kind of broke even for a few years after that, just kind of testing a bunch of things out, seeing seeing what works, seeing what's in it. And then last year was when I, I had three substantial scores as I moved to this strategy of of building. So basically the last NFL season, I would, I would take one lineup that was my optimal lineup in my cash game. That was where I made my head-to-heads, 50-50s, also entered that in the tournaments. And then I would also make a second lineup that was more of my tournament lineup, which is pretty much my cash build but maybe two or three pivots, forcing in a stack or a mini-gain stack, something like that. And so I hit, I think, third in the – second or third in the luxury box amongst some other things on DK in like right before Thanksgiving. And then I had a a pretty decent score on Thanksgiving and then had a really big one on FanDuel at the end of 2019 where – which was crazy. I mean, I I think I I won – one of the turn, I think I won the $500 and then got like second in three others. And The price difference, the jump from second to first, is massive. So, like, it was a really, really big day. Don't get me wrong, but it could have been twice as big if I just got sure. a little bit more in those other contests.
0: Yeah, I have it pulled up now. I think this is it December 29, 2019. Uh, the Blitz yeah. pays 100k to first, 250 buy in. It looks like you uh, you banked that one yeah. and you got second in the Monster. I presume this is the same lineup, of course. I paid 100k yeah. for first. I don't know what second paid probably forty thousand yeah. or fifty thousand like or something yeah. like that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so so are you sweating it live? Are you backloaded? Are you frontloaded? Are oh, you chasing? Yeah. Or are you first place? Like wire to wire? How's that going? So down?
1: that one, that one, I was chasing. So I, I just had a because I think I had had the Dak Prescott Michael Gallup stack in the four o'clock games, and it was a like, pretty solid lineup. And then I think Gallup got a touchdown, and I was like, okay, like this lineup has some potential. And then. I remember him getting another one. And then then I'm at the top and we're talking fourth quarter of all the games and I'm at at the top of the leaderboard in all of them. And I was watching the Eagles-Giants and (laughs) the game was over and Sterling Shepard got some random garbage time touchdown that dropped me from first to second in one of them. And then I was just like, okay, can we just end the games (laughs) right now? I don't care what happens. Just end it. It can't get any better. So – yeah, I, re- I remember sweating that one out pretty hard. I-, I typically tend to sweat the games. I mean, that's the fun part, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. For sure. I mean, it's the fun part. It's the frustrating part. It's the tilting yeah. part. Oh, it's yeah. everything. It's it's the. I know. Yeah, <laughs> one of my favorite things to do is sweat
1: the games and and just tilt through them and complain no matter what. <laughs> we don't Run bad, right? <laughs> Are you the guy on Twitter? Like three minutes into the slate, you're like, ah, oh, that's it. It's over.
0: Close the laptop. Yeah,
1: yeah. No- nothing's better than tilting my my golfers missing easy putts. That's, oh, that's my my favorite pastime.
0: Did you have the guy from last week with an X? Uh, what's I, I don't I don't know golf very well. Xander is that right? Is that the guy who missed
1: the... yeah yeah Xander missed the little one. Morikawa missed a little one at the end. And then, but I also had Benny on who took a, a nine, which is I would love to see what the heck happened there.
0: I that's mean, like ten cup nine seems pretty. big. was
1: really based on the shot tracker. He just kind of dribbled it up the rough. <laughs> like four or five times. It's crazy.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, a nine yeah, nine. That's gotta be what four or Not five good. above par? Yeah, okay. four of a par. One apart five. That's rough. When, when we oh, uh, when we win, we win a hundred K. Uh anything extravagant, any extravagant purchase did you buy a Gallup jersey, did you buy a Dak jersey? Uh anything goofy you bought or just you know, it's just another night and you're back at it tomorrow. So I, I didn't
1: go out and, and spend anything right away. First off, certainly no, no Prescott or Gallup jersey because I'm a, I'm an Eagles fan. So I think oh, my friends come even, on, man! Even, I think my friends <laughs> even gave me crap for putting them in a lineup, and I'm like, well, I don't, I don't bring any personal biases into, into building my lineups. But uh, and then, I didn't do anything particular. I, I'm currently in search of getting a new car. i desperately need a new car, and then I've also recently joined a, a country club in the area. So nice. Those are my. My you ideas, golf is that for golf, I assume? Golf purposes? Yeah, for golfing, yeah. So okay. I like to play golf as well as roster golfers and DFS.
0: Hey man, get good enough, you can join that outlaw tour. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I didn't I actually didn't follow that too closely, but it seemed, <laughs> it seemed like some wild stuff going on. <laughs>
0: I know very little about it, but it's my understanding you can enter the tournament with like nine bucks. And one can just play. Yeah. yeah, yeah. but I think you need a tour card. That that, that that killed my dreams of just sort of showing up and getting oh, a DK I don't have one of those. <laughs> I think you need something like that, but uh, I thought it'd be a fun idea just to have people yelling at me on Twitter for telling me how terrible I am at golf. It's like, well, why did you roster me? I don't know what I'm doing.
1: <laughs> terrible. Yeah, that would that'd be a great troll of the tour world for sure.
0: Yeah. you talk about head versus heart, right? So you're an Eagles fan and you're rostering Cowboys. I presume you roster giants at some points too. Uh Washington players, I guess yeah. <laughs> not many options out there, but uh, yeah. How do you let that factor into making lineups? Clearly it, it didn't at least not this yeah. one time because you know, head versus heart.
1: Yeah. I'm, I, I'm not a diehard Eagles fan by, by any means. I certainly watched the games and follow the team, but don't get me wrong. Come, come, Come Sunday, my number one rooting interest is whoever I've rostered that day in DFS, and and the Eagles come second to that. So yeah, but, uh, but that's your favorite own, team. In friends feel the same way.
0: Yeah, uh, and I assume you, you thought your friends, the friends are giving, giving you crap. You probably played, uh, you know, season long leagues with them yeah. in high school and in yeah. college and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we've
1: got got some season long leagues going <laughs> that that we still play to this day. I think they yeah. actually love having me in that league because I don't pay nearly as much attention as I should because I'm too focused on my DFS. So I think I'm surprisingly easy money in our season longs and, and they thank me for
0: that sometimes. Well, yeah, hundred percent. It's like, let's see, do I, do I, time is a big commodity in DFS, yeah. especially if you have oh, yeah. a day job as well too when you're doing other things. Uh, it's like, am I going to spend 20 minutes researching DFS or am I going to spend 20 minutes, you know, adjusting my season long line and we're looking at the waiver wire to uh you know, it's a $100 exactly. buy-in, whatever it is. And, like, the best-case scenario, you win 1000 bucks or $1,500 or whatever it may be. And it's, like, you're sweating the potential of making hundreds of thousands of dollars every single week. And, like, why would you care about your season-long team outside of, like, fucking yeah. smack to your friends? And you Yeah.
1: Know. Yeah. Injury news breaks on a Sunday morning. And the first thing I'm doing is not going to Yahoo to, to add drop my <laughs> season-long league. <laughs> and then
0: your friends are like, I can't believe you started so-and-so. Like, you're not paying attention. And it's like, yeah. Who's got time for these things? I don't have time for these things. Of course not. Uh, yeah. uh, do you play? Do you play Showdown? Is that also something you uh you, you check out? Is
1: that
0: is I that do, for you? I do. yeah.
1: So I big big fan of golf Showdown for sure. Okay. So on a typical golf weekend, I'll, I'll play the main slate and then I'll play all the all the Showdown slates as well. And then for football, I I played a lot of the Fanduel single game. I I, I played DraftKings Showdown as well, but for some reason my results just weren't very good so I never quite figured out
0: you find why. FanDuel might be softer
1: I think so yeah I think I've I've generally had more success on FanDuel I mean it's 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 interesting I think the more you get into DFS the more you realize that it's not always about how good you are it's more about can you just play against people that are worse than you and how do you find <laughs> spots to play against people worse than you so which I haven't always done the best job of recently.
0: Yeah, like trying to find the play against, but it is what it is. Trying to find the edges in two thousand twenty is hard. Uh and if All you're like right. one of the edges discovered is that there's a weaker player pool, weaker opponents on Fandle as opposed to DK. And I've heard that from people as well too. And you know, just talking to people in the industry, most everyone oh, I prefer DK. I prefer DK. And if everybody that's like quote unquote sharp uh prefers sure. DK, maybe they're not delegating as much time to FanDuel and maybe there's more of a, you know, uh I don't know, Fish, if you want to say, uh, on the Definitely. Fandle perspective, the Fandle side. And uh, maybe that's a, a sharp move, <laughs> yeah. just
1: spend more time in Fandle. In, in 2018, 2019, when Fanduel first came out with the NBA single game, mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time there because none of the – and at the time, I, I was not really – I didn't consider myself a high-stakes player. I was more of a mid-stakes player. And the the prize pools weren't big there. So I don't think it was worth the time for a lot of the guys that were grinding uh-huh. the big-money NBA – and so, if you can just be the person to dominate a game type, I think there's a huge advantage there. I mean, if you can be the person that's dominating a three man lobby, and I, I don't know if you ever look at the three man lobbies, but you see the same guys there that'll just enter every contest. And you, if you can find a yeah. game somewhere, no matter what it is, where those guys aren't playing, and you can be the one that's doing that, you're going to put yourself in a good situation. So, that was and where you- I built a lot of my bankrolls, playing that FanDuel single game
0: NBA. So you laid claim. You said this is my lobby. I'm gonna take the uh, the, the, the three man. And then, uh, and then last record? year, a bunch
1: of the other uh, last
0: year, a bunch of the other guys came into it
1: and, and kind of ruined that. So uh, <laughs> the prize pool started getting bigger. And but yeah, at the time there was there was no one really posting 500 and
0: above head to head. So it was pretty much just me, and that was that was a good time. What is the edge? What are people doing in the single game basketball? They're just are they playing guys that aren't even in the rotation? So it's it was really about because they have the multipliers. So yeah. it was really
1: just like jamming the studs into the multipliers and then play two punt guys, and anyone that wasn't doing that, it's just you're just so far behind. Especially in NBA, where obviously, if Anthony Davis is on the slate, like unless he gets hurt, he's gonna be the highest person scoring in the that qualifier. Game.
0: He might, you right. might go to the locker
1: room. <laughs> Maybe he was the poor example. Yeah. LeBron, <laughs> it's more reliable, but yeah, it was just, it was interesting. And and I think that's the exact mentality that kept people out of those games is, oh it's a single game. There's no edge to be had. P- people assume that there's no edge before actually testing it out, right? Oh, everyone's going to have a good lineup. Okay. Play it and figure if that is out. And if they do have a good
0: lineup, then okay, stop
1: playing. But I, I made the same assumption. A little bit lazy in that way.
0: Yep. Because I, and I also think maybe some people have that brain from DK, and DK, of course, charges you. Like, if you're going to play a guy one and a half times, they're going to charge you the salary one and a half times. A so Fanduel dumbs it down, for lack of a better term, where basically, okay, who's going to score the most points? Put them here. Who's going to score the second most points? Put them here. Uh, and they don't charge any more. There's no there's – no, uh, unless you're playing tournaments, of course, and there's like three or four or five guys you can and re- you know, reasonably argue that this person could score the most fantasy points in this slate and also nobody's going to put them up top you know, then there's a tournament, you know, you're playing the ownership game, yada, yada. But for right. like a two man or a three man game, like you just, you know, I'm going to do the smart thing. If you do it too, so be it. But <laughs> try to figure yeah, it and out. And then
1: and then a lot of the, in the head to heads, right. It's like, okay, if someone else plays the optimal too, great. We chop it up and, and you get your rake back. So there's no, no blood do loss there. To, do
0: you have to write and ask them for rake back or it doesn't yeah. automatically happen. All right. You have to like, no,
1: you got to ask them.
0: That's something I don't think people know. Very like, sneaky.
1: No, definitely. And if you're playing, especially if you're playing any of the small slate stuff, where where there's likely overlap, I mean, mm-hmm. I if I'd never emailed them to get my rake back, I would have a significant less chunk than than what I did because playing against once once some of the other guys got in there, I mean, most likely we're gonna have the same lineup almost every time. So it's usually pretty obvious what the optimal is.
0: Do you ever one do the 150 day.
1: and make, make 150 lineups? That's just not your lane right now. I've actually never done that, surprisingly. Yeah, it just doesn't, doesn't work with my brain for some reason. Like, I just – I believe me, I get the theory. It makes sure. total sense. But at the same time, I'm like, why would I play player A over player B? <laughs> player B is better. <laughs> it's a better play. I don't – I just, for some reason, I – Because I, of I'm variance really that way. and small yeah, sample yeah. sizes <laughs>
0: and walkiness.
1: Yeah, uh, so – uh, yeah, that just never never quite suited me, and I've never really got into the intricacies of using the lineup builders, and I like to hand build. I like to, to select who I want and, and put them in and build my game stacks. So
0: occasionally it's fun, it's fun I'll, I'll the make puzzle, like five right?
1: lineups. But yeah, exactly. That's the fun for me, and I think that's what I enjoy the most, and that's why I like to play all the slates too, like on a NFL weekend, playing the 1 p.m., the 4 p.m., the prime time. I enjoy the – I enjoy the game of, okay, what is the optimal lineup for this slate? What do I th- Or what do I think is the optimal lineup for this slate? What's the, the 2v2 or the 3v3 that it's going to come down to? And how do I build the best combination I can of a, a floor lineup and a ceiling lineup and just fire that out there?
0: Looking for edges, again, do you find that people – you find it's a little bit softer as far as the 1 p.m. only lineups or as far as, like, just the 4 p.m. only lineups? Because I feel like people don't concentrate on that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely true, I think, and like the – even the Thursday to Monday in NFL, like I I pretty much will just load that in and just fade the Thursday game for the most part unless there's a super obvious play there. But, again, especially on FanDuel, I've noticed if you you look at like a 50-50 for the main slate and you look at a 50-50 for a Thursday to Monday – the number of people that you'll see that don't have a badge at all is crazy in the Thursday to Monday. like, And you yeah. almost never see that in the main slate. So the badge being like that they haven't played much. So I've always found that to be very interesting. And that's why I've really tried to focus on some of the niche slates because I think there's just, again, more edge there. It's about how much of an edge can you have over your opponents? and You can play against people that are less experienced. There, there's a good edge there.
0: One of my favorite edges back in the day, and I'm sure you're probably going to attest to this as well, was the – speaking of the Thursday through Monday slate, is that people just loading up with the Thursday game when it's like yep, Jags. They want to watch it. <laughs> yeah. Well, we we want immediate satisfaction. Uh, yep. We want immediacy. We, 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 just, we can't just make, you know, just chill. Uh, mm-hmm. and people have kind of figured this out over time, but, like, you would see extreme ownership on players that have no right to have extreme ownership. Exactly. Uh, you know, and just playing cash games Thursday, Thursday through Monday cash games – backloading it, you know, hoping for punts and field goals, essentially. Uh, yeah. You know, every once in a while you get some sort of shenanigans and like, okay, oh, I, I got to play some offense somehow now. Uh, yeah. Maybe I go for some upside. But <laughs> typically you're getting, you know, Jags versus Titans and like a 39 total or something like that. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. So that's why I, Yeah, typically just enter that slate more often than not. and just totally fading the game. Just And you also just want to keep your options open, right? You don't know what injuries yeah. are going to break over the weekend. now. If there's just a lock play, I, I'll certainly play them. But for the most part, I'd rather keep that optionality heading into
0: Sunday. Yeah, flexibility is important. Like I always talk about that in basketball, where like you know the seven o'clock games, you have to love a player playing at seven o'clock, right? You don't you don't settle on a guy at seven o'clock yeah. because buying yourself potentially this is DK specific, obviously, where it's late swap. Yep. But buying yourself an hour or two of just the possibility of new information. Yeah. And the trickle down effect of that potential new information. And if you have like three spots that are locked up by, you know, Hornets or something like that, that are just like okay plays, uh, you're really screwed if, if, if Anthony Davis or big name players are scratched, right? So, you know, just a general strategy thought. And I presume it sounds like you're on that as well, too. Definitely. Yeah. And
1: I think, I think in, in this day of DFS, it's a lot more about those little subtleties. I mean, Anyone that's competent out there is using some sort of projection system that is somewhat competent, right? Obviously, there's differences <laughs> among different projections, but it's not about who has the best projections anymore. It's more about what are those, those subtle things that you can be doing that your opponents aren't doing and, and taking advantage of that.
0: You said, uh, well, you, you kind of committed the Eagles. Are, they're your favorite team, Philadelphia, as far as football. Yeah, if you had Eagles, to pick one Eagles, team. how do we feel about yeah. uh, what's going on there at the quarterback and the draft and all that? I honestly have no idea what they're doing.
1: I really don't. I don't have a good explanation for it. Uh, I am not a fan
0: of it. It was just baffling. I mean, is Hurts going to be like a a Taysom Hill type? Taysom Hill, I guess. I mean, I guess, but yeah. I don't know.
1: I was joking with my friends. Like, I can't wait for Carson to get hurt and then we still roll Nate Sudfield out there instead of.
0: Well, that's gonna happen, right? Isn't like at least as never of right saw. now.
1: I think absolutely, yeah. <laughs> like, man, I'm really glad we spent that second round pick on a quarterback that's
0: yeah. never gonna play. Yeah, I mean, he might be good. I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah I don't know.
1: <laughs> but I <laughs> thought you guys just, think Wentz weird. is pretty good. I don't know.
0: It's yeah. A... Now I don't know what they. It makes me think they don't know what they think. I don't know. It's very odd. Who knows? Maybe they're gonna. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm sure they have a plan. In theory, they have a plan. <laughs> well, they
1: have a uh, tendency to think they want to think they're smarter than everyone, and so they they love going off with these wonky ideas, and so that they can act like they're smart when it pays off. But is that to, I'm
0: a chalk guy, so stick with the chalk. <laughs> is that the same across the board as far as your favorite team? You know, we're talking about the Flyers, talking about the Seventy Sixers, and we're talking about the, the Phillies. Yep, yeah, Philly, Philly guy across the board. Say hockey's
1: my favorite sport to to watch and I played hockey growing up still play now
0: who's Actually, your coach hockey as well so who's your cop who's your NHL cop were you like goon or are you like uh somebody that go out there can score or what no
1: nah, I'm a, so I'm a I'm a smaller defenseman I'm like a, a puck moving defenseman I would say offensive defenseman so I guess on the flyers you could you could say Shane Gossespierre except I can't shoot the puck nearly as hard as he can but in terms of being a, a shifty little guy that's that's more my speed out there
0: Fair enough. And you say to watch, you are talking about in person, right? It's that hockey's not the same on TV. It's yeah. fine. But like the Yeah, you know. in person for sure. Football yeah. on TV, hundred
1: percent. I'd actually watch rather watch football on TV than in person. I think football's tough to follow in person. Plus, if you go to a Neil's game, everyone's just drunk out of their minds and it's it's
0: mad. You're saying the stereotype is true?
1: <laughs> oh, it's true. It's true. Yeah. But I'm not one of those stereotype guys,
0: I promise. They have um do they have a jail un- underneath the stadium. Is that not, is that at least the old stadium? Is that the new stadium? Or is that there's actually an actual court and a judge waiting for shenanigans to go down? Isn't that a thing? I've never heard that that's a thing, but am I making this up? I feel like but... this is a thing. I'm fairly certain they have like a really? somebody. yeah, I've we, never heard that. Interesting. Yeah. And I also remember one of the good. Eagles fans, I presume this was not you, uh, eating uh, horse manure as a, celebra- a celebration when they won the Super Bowl. Do you remember this? Or <laughs>
1: It's an interesting way to celebrate, and I can confirm that was not me.
0: <laughs> okay, but you, this you did see the video footage of, yeah, yeah. Uh, are you there?'s pro some crazy Santa people clothes? out here in Philly? How do you feel about Santa? Are you pro, indifferent, Santa.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh gosh, it's tough to be a Phillies fan that gets lumped
0: in with all these things that these.
1: Yeah, I'm just asking
0: questions. I'm not trying to stay. I'm not stereotype. I'm just. I'm just curious to get to lay the land. <laughs> Um, yeah uh, your favorite Philly athlete or favorite athlete in general favorite Philly athlete I
1: mean I, I love Joel Embiid I think sure. he's awesome uh, I love his the way he plays I love his Twitter game I, I think he's probably my favorite Philly athlete right now
0: how do you feel about the the 76ers chances uh you know NBA playoffs around the corner in theory we presume we'll see yeah I mean it's so hard to gauge i with this much time
1: off i think i think they have a chance i I don't think they're one of the favorites but i think they have a chance to to get out of the east and and compete with the milwaukee's but it's going to be interesting i mean joel could be terribly out of shape by the time we get
0: back you never know what he's been up to yeah it's wild because and like people were speculating like the number one suspect of like who's going to be an absolute disaster coming out of this uh quarantine would be Jokic I'm not sure have you seen Jokic he's ripped oh yeah like, he's lost like 30 pounds I presume there's muscle in there too and like people were saying like Jokic you know he likes Pepsi <laughs> he, yeah like he was he's was a husky kid a husky child and uh yeah who knows what anyway going to be like and it's so yeah. it's hard to speculate but the for the regular season your Philadelphia was what sixth in the east which is disappointing but of yeah. course in basketball, they, they were just,
1: really they were doing well early and then just were really on a downward spiral towards the end there how do the I Pacers mean, still, have the same you know, the same same record as right? you guys? That's that's embarrassing. What's going on there? It's crazy. I, yeah. I really don't know. I, I'm hoping that the top men talent of the Sixers will will help out come playoffs because obviously those guys will be playing bigger minutes. But we'll see. I think I have a bet out on them. I think I placed a homer bet on them to win at some point.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, in my, it might count somewhere. Yeah, Um they are – uh well, I don't know what it is right now. but of Yeah, course. hopefully I got good odds back then, but I don't think I did. It's it basketball. Bet, it's fun. not hockey, right? Like, hockey, yeah. anybody can win. Basketball, oh, hockey, basically, anybody. five teams. Yep. Did Completely Philly make a – did the hockey team – Yeah, there, yeah. the Flyers were actually
1: on on a heater coming right. into the – Yeah, so the NHL, I don't know if you saw what they're doing. They're doing, like, a interesting –
0: well, 24 teams, 24 right?
1: Team playoff, yeah. So, and anybody we,
0: can win out of 24. <laughs> Who literally the heck anybody,
1: anybody. Hockey, I would definitely say, is the most volatile sport.
0: You said and you like the, going to the games um, yeah. in Philly, uh, your fa- or anywhere your your favorite like at the game moment you can remember. Like I was at the game. This is the coolest thing I ever seen live. Oh, that's interesting one. <laughs>
1: I don't know. If this is my favorite moment, but it is the first thing that came to my mind. Is that <laughs> I went to the the home opener when they were first introducing Gritty as the mascot, oh. and he like came down from the ceiling. It was pretty funny. And just like this obnoxious beast of a thing. I'm like, this this thing is terrifying looking, but it was also pretty cool at the same time. What is That's a the gritty thing that up What on. I've seen Gritty. What is it? What, what what is Gritty? Like what is it? Like Gritty just. Gritty. just Gritty just embodies Philadelphia. He's just a, a a big orange gritty beast. I really, I really have no idea what a gritty is. I don't even know what a flyer is. So he's just he's just bringing back the the Broad Street Bullies of old, and he's the mascot that you don't want to mess with out there. He's like ten
0: feet tall. He's massive. They did an amazing job. Whoever whoever's a part of the social media there for, for, for the Flyers because. Yeah. Yeah, like out of nowhere, everybody knew who Gritty was, and like he has this sort of presence. He has this personality, and he's he's rose into the ranks uh, of the you know mascots. Pretty, of course, you guys have the the fanatic, right? I guess Philadelphia is known for their mascots, yeah, the fanatic too. Do they have they ever met yeah, before? A, Gritty and the fanatic. Yeah, that's a good
1: question. I, I'm, they've probably been hanging out during quarantine. <laughs> it's the same guy for all
0: we know. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> uh the, How about the Phillies? We like the Phillies this year coming up. Well, we don't know if there's going to be a season. But in theory, hypothetically,
1: yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I'm actually not a big baseball guy, I'll say that. So Phillies okay. is definitely the team I know the least about. To me, going to a Phillies game is going somewhere to, to drink outdoors for a few hours and, and have some th- some fun with friends. But yeah, definitely were disappointing last season. I mean, did not get what we were expecting out of Harper, I feel like. It's just – pay all that money and didn't necessarily produce in that way. But th- I think they have a lot of young talent and there should be set up pretty well from my understanding, but yeah, who knows what the future is for baseball at this point.
0: Yeah. You got what like maybe 10 more years of Harper. So hopefully, uh, hopefully it makes it work for you guys. Yeah. Um, all right, to get you out of here because uh, you know, I appreciate your time. Uh, anything else you want to say to the RG community? Of course, welcome to the RG community, TJ. Uh, but uh, you know, tell tell them your Twitter because uh, it's well. Are you going to become more Twitter active? Because- yeah, I think I, I think I think I will become a little bit more Twitter active here. So
1: yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at tjl five one two four dfs. Haven't tweeted much historically, but maybe maybe I'll get into the streets a little bit there. There you and go. And just looking forward to what this next adventure has in store for me. Not really sure what to expect, but I think it'll be it'll be fun and I enjoy the game of DFS. I think it's, I think it's awesome. I think there's so many interesting elements to it and I'm excited to to share some of my theories, some of my
0: thought processes with everyone and make some money together. All right. Welcome to the squad and good luck this week in uh, golf. And uh, I guess some NASCAR, who knows? I'm sure you're dabbling all over the place, right? Yes, sir. Let's hope <laughs> every, every weekend's a chance to, to win a lot of money or lose a lot of money so we'll see how it goes (laughs) there you go that's uh that's tj lasik welcome again to the rg family going to be uh doing some content for us uh soon enough when (laughs) when some sports start returning uh again that was tj i was dean this was the morning grind we're out of here Holler.